Hey mama, and welcome to Fast Tip Friday edition of the Motivation for Moms podcast. In addition to the longer, regular episode I publish earlier in the week, I thought I'd try this new thing where I bring you something short and sweet to help you stay motivated, stay positive, and stay inspired into the weekend. Listen, sister, if you're going to change your life, if you're going to stay on top of all of your responsibilities and make progress on your goals and dreams, you have to feed your mind with positive and inspiring messages every single day. And so I hope that this Fast Tip Friday episode helps you with just that. All right, ladies, let's get to it. On Monday, I talked about the different ways we sabotage our own success, knowingly and unknowingly. If you haven't listened yet, I encourage you to pause this episode, go back and listen to Monday's episode because it's really eye-opening to realize all of the ways we get in our own way and how to set ourselves up for success. Today, I want to share with you three ways that we sabotage our kids' success without even realizing it. I don't often do parenting topics on this podcast because this podcast is primarily a personal development podcast focused on you, the mom, and about motivating and empowering you to become the best version of yourself and level up your life and your family's life. But I felt it was appropriate to talk about ways that we get in the way of our kids' success because ultimately... The ways in which we sabotage our kids make our jobs as moms a lot harder and makes it harder for us to achieve our goals. And of course, we love our kids more than anything, and we want to see them thrive and succeed. We want to have a deep, connected relationship with them and as they grow up. So before we get into it, I want to acknowledge that the word sabotage can sound really harsh. If you're thinking, well, gee, Sarah, way to lay on the mom guilt with this episode, ways we sabotage our kids, please know that this isn't something that we do because we're bad parents. We all self-sabotage, and we all do things that sometimes sabotage our kids' success. And I don't mean like permanently we're messing them up, but sometimes Just like we get in the way of our own success, we also sometimes get in the way of our kids' success. And ultimately, it makes it more challenging for them to do what is right, which makes our job way more successful when they do what is right, right? And in this episode, I'm going to share with you three ways we might be doing that. But first, let's review the definition of self-sabotage from episode 124. Remember, Self-sabotage is something that we all do, and it's not because we enjoy feeling pain. Sabotaging our kids' success is not something we do because we wish to make life hard for them. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Just as we self-sabotage often as a way to avoid pain, we often sabotage our kids as a way to avoid pain, to avoid feeling uncomfortable, to take the easy way out. I'm sure that just me putting it in this way, your brain is already getting to work thinking of the ways you might do this without even realizing it or meaning to. So self-sabotage is the conscious or unconscious acting against our own best interest, doing things whether we realize it or not that undermine our goals, our values, 
or our intentions. To put it in a nutshell, we get in our own way. And sabotaging our kids simply means that we do things that make it harder for them to succeed. Now, we as moms have the best intention for our children, obviously. It goes without saying that we love our children and we want them to succeed. We desperately want to do anything and everything necessary to set our kids up for success, which is why we work so hard and we always work on growing as a mom every single day. So number one, way we sabotage our kids without even realizing it. We fail to define consequences. We fail to define consequences, which means communicating in advance to our children what the proper and appropriate consequences are for their negative actions, such as not listening when we ask them to do something or outright disobeying the rules that we've established or when they hit their siblings, things like that. They need to know what to expect when they don't do what they're supposed to do and when they do what they're not supposed to do. It's not really fair to them to get into trouble without knowing clearly from us what consequences they will receive. Now, I don't consider myself a parenting expert by any means, but what I've learned from the experts is that consequences should be age-appropriate and related to the crime if possible. This can get tricky with some rules, and honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out with my girls. But for example, if my daughter does not sit down as she is instructed to do at the dinner table and eat her dinner, obviously, I can't force her to eat. You can't force a child to eat. And I can't force her to sit down. What am I going to do? Tie her to the chair? No, obviously not. So the related and appropriate consequence would be, number one, she definitely doesn't get dessert. And number two, she doesn't get to eat snacks until she comes back to her plate and finishes it. And number three, she doesn't get to get up and go play. If she refuses to sit down at the dinner table with the family, she must go up to her room immediately. Now, sometimes kids are just in a bad mood, right? They don't feel like eating, just like sometimes we don't feel like eating. Sometimes they don't feel like sitting at the dinner table with the family, just like sometimes we need quiet alone time. And I believe that we need to give our kids this kind of space to meet their needs. However, I'm not a snack fetcher. I am not a multiple meal maker. I make one dinner and she doesn't have to eat that dinner if she doesn't feel like it. But if she's hungry in an hour after we've all eaten and finished up, she doesn't get to go get something else. She must come back to her plate that I prepared. So what I do in this situation is put plastic wrap over her plate and set it aside for her to come back to if she finally gets her appetite back. The consequences of not getting dessert and not getting snacks is related and appropriate. I wouldn't say, if you don't eat your dinner, you don't get to go to the park tomorrow. Because these two things are completely unrelated. But saying, if you don't eat your dinner, or at the very least sit down with your family at the dinner table, then you're not allowed to get up and go play. You must go to your room, and then when it's time to get ready for bed, you must get ready for bed. This is the only appropriate alternative for sitting down and eating dinner with the family at dinner time. And this gets into number two, 
way we self-sabotage our kids without even realizing it. We fail to enforce consequences. In the example I just gave, if I were to cave and say to my daughter who is refusing to eat, who is refusing to sit in her chair because her little body just isn't feeling like it, if I were to cave and say, okay, fine, go play, go watch a show, or if she were to come to me hungry after not eating her dinner, and if I were to say, okay, what do you want? Or if I were to fetch her a snack or make her something else, then I'm reinforcing what I don't want her to do in the future. Because now she knows she can just skip dinner and mommy will let her eat whatever she wants. I must enforce the consequences and the rules every single time. With one exception, and I repeat, one exception, which is if she is sick or not feeling well. Because sometimes when you're sick, you don't want to eat things you normally eat, right? Sometimes being sick can affect your appetite and what your body is craving. And so if my daughter is not feeling well, I wouldn't make her eat the dinner that I prepared for the family. I might consider heating up some warm soup instead, but this is the only time I would allow flexibility with this rule. And in this situation, it's very important that I communicate to my daughter why I'm letting her skip dinner and eat the chicken soup instead. It's only because she's not feeling well and that sometimes when we're sick, our bodies need different things than usual. Number three, way we sabotage our kids without even realizing it. We fail to create good systems that allow them to thrive. How can we expect our kids to get up and get themselves ready in the morning when they can't find clean clothes or they can't find their shoes when it's time to walk out the door? How can we expect them to get their homework done if the kitchen table is always messy and cluttered and they don't have a proper workspace? Our kiddos need us to create systems that help them stay organized and functional. Not only that, but they need us to teach them how to stay organized. It takes a lot of commitment as a mom, but when we consistently help and remind them to do simple age-appropriate things like make their bed, put their shoes in the shoe bin when they walk inside, hang up their backpack, put their dishes in the dishwasher, even fold their clothes and put them away in the right drawers, we are saving them a lifetime of bad habits and frustration. It starts young, and we must be consistent about it. Create some non-negotiables with your kids and get them more involved in creating and maintaining healthy systems around the home. Above all, if your home is totally dysfunctional and there's clutter everywhere, please commit to changing that. It's going to help everyone out. And just because I can't help myself, I'm going to give you a bonus tip today of ways that we sabotage our kids' success. We fail to ensure Our kids' basic needs are met before we expect them to be on their best behavior. Oh, this is a good one. A one-on-one coaching client of mine recently shared with me the HALT method, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And I was thinking, you know, we really need to add an O in there for overstimulated because that's a big one. So maybe we'd call it HALTO. How about that? So if you've ever lost your temper or said something hurtful or acted in some unconstructive way because you were hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or overstimulated, you can best believe our kids 
are going to be even more vulnerable to bad behavior under these circumstances. So before we're shocked and surprised that our child is having a meltdown, let's make sure that they're not hungry, angry, lonely, or not feeling connected to us, tired, or overstimulated from too much activity or screen time or sugar. There is a lot on our shoulders when it comes to helping our kids and setting them up for success. No one said motherhood was easy. At the same time, our kids are very resilient. And while you were listening to this, if you found yourself feeling guilty of any of the things I talked about, rest assured that you're not dooming your kids to a life of failure. They're going to turn out just fine. But it's never too late to start making some positive changes. It's not just going to benefit your kids, but it's going to make your life a lot easier too. It's going to make it so much easier to have a strong, loving relationship. So consider this day one. Commit to taking the lead, making whatever changes necessary, and stay consistent. Above all, your connection with your child is the most important thing. And girl, if you have that, you are already winning, sister. Love ya. I hope this Fast Tip Friday episode fired you up, sister. If you feel motivated and moved to pay it forward and give back to me, it would be an absolute honor if you would share this podcast with a friend. You can either share the link directly or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram. Just be sure to tag me at Sarah Munder so I can see it and give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. And if you want to get in community with your fellow Motivated Moms, I urge you to join us in the official Motivation for Moms Facebook group. I'll drop the link in the show notes. If you need something to help you change your life like right now, then go to my website, themamamiracle.com to get a free copy of my life-changing worksheet, the one that started it all, The Mama Miracle. Again, just go to themamamiracle.com Put your name and best email in and I'll send it over to you right away so you can print it out and fill it out and start changing your life. While you're there, you can sign up for my popular planner makeover course and learn how to use your planner to reach your goals, accomplish all of your tasks with ease, establish your non-negotiables, and finally create time in your life for the things that really matter to you but often get neglected. And if you're ready for next level breakthroughs in your life, in your personal and professional goals, in your relationships, then I urge you to apply for my exclusive 12-week coaching program, Breakthrough. I only work one-on-one with moms who are serious and committed to changing every area of their life for the better. So if this is you, girlfriend, I'd love to hear from you. Just go to themamamiracle.com forward slash coaching to apply. Thanks for being here today. Now go out there, take charge of your day, you beautiful, powerful, and incredible mama. Talk soon.